All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you But the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's To the line, Hughes, Jones! Yes, existence. Take you to the sun. First career NHL goal. Quinn Hughes makes it 1 nothing. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in a Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic. Zephyr Epic also ships free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from... I was not prepared. (laughs) No, I was not prepared. I had one. I had one ready here. Okay. All the way from Kamloops to Kelwood. Kamloops to Kelwood, Zephyr Epic ships free. Damn it. No, you did great. Should we should we leave that in? Yeah, Would you, you like can to redo it. it? No, I don't care. Okay, great. Zephyr Epic ships free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50. So go check them out. They have got you covered for all your Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! NHL cards, NBA cards, NFL cards, you name it. Zephyr Epics got it. Go check them out, folks. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. They also have a retail location. You can use promo code Hockey Season at the retail location in Surrey in person. Kelwood. If you would like to. Kelwood is in Manitoba. So Excellent. You, so a little, little. Manitoba doesn't get enough shout outs. No, it doesn't. Ever. In, well, in life in general, not just on this show. Yeah. But whatever. It's Manitoba. I've got family in Manitoba. I, yeah. I'm sure they, they would. A lot of my family this. comes from Manitoba. A lot of my family's from Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Interesting. Little little history lesson there. There you go. Into the Faber lineage. We are also Cousin delivered. Brock, uh, his parents, they're from the Manitoba area, maybe. I don't know. Did you just make that up? They're yeah. American. Yeah, well, there's, there's some Canadian roots there. Probably. Maybe. I don't think Faber's a Manitobian last name. Well, it's well, I know there's some Fabers in Manitoba, so maybe they're somehow with the Minnesota Fabers. It's a similar kind of area. Do you think maybe they have European ancestry maybe. and came over? Potentially. Didn't you say Faber's a Dutch last name? Yep. So there's your answer. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Cousin Brock off to the Olympics. Good for him. Yeah, Cousin Brock off to the Olympics. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code ConvoDD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, ConvoDD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place for part two. If you didn't listen already, we did part one yesterday, kind of previewing the game a bit, talking about what we thought uh, would happen in the game, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. It was good stuff. We talked about the Rachel Dory hire, touched on a a few different topics, played a great clip of Rick Dollywall butchering my last name. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that yet, it's worth it. Uh, Even if if you don't want to listen to the whole episode because the game's already happened, just download that episode. We like it when you hit download on our episodes. And go to the 30-minute mark of that podcast it is fantastic 30 minute mark of that podcast that's where the rick dollywell clip is it's fantastic calling me squadrelli i think we need a squadrelli button on the board we've got a free space yeah we do have an open space on throw the board a squadrelli there. button on there we could do that for sure i got uh i got no boring drive-through story uh like i did on the show <laughs> yesterday so don't worry about that i haven't hit a drive-through since uh since a couple days ago so well i told you as soon as we walked in i even said like i said to you right before we record i'm like well you can talk too today but i'm gonna have a lot of talking so i think it's time to hit that intro because oh, man. this whole episode folks it's my time to shine it's a goalie episode Oh yeah, he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have done that public knowledge. That's uh, that's a big no-no. I don't know. You know, I, I can't really give the time and date, or else I feel like Nona's shoe will be flying across <laughs> North America, waiting to hit me in the head. We think we spent half an hour talking about a backup goaltender. All right, get out of here, Woodley. All right, Favor's gonna be. Favor's going to be very pissed. 
Pats. You know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. That's right, folks. It's time for goalie talk, as the Sportsnet voice guy would say if we had this hit this intro on the Sportsnet show, which we'll be on tomorrow. We're uh, doing our show on Sunday. Pretty excited. Going to be a lot of fun. Regardless, Spencer Martin making a great start. First NHL start in over five years or in five years? Yeah, something like that. Regardless, Spencer Martin gets his start. He was was fantastic. it exactly five years? Is that the or was that since the first start he ever had? No, I, I don't think it was exactly five years. I'm not sure. I didn't see anything like that. I thought I heard some on the broadcast about that, but I guess you wouldn't have known. You're too busy taking a piss and listening to nearly Neil <laughs> while you're at the game yesterday. Okay, I need to address this. I wanted to talk goalies, but I guess I'll talk nearly Neil. So I've kind of emerged as the nearly Neil beat reporter. Uh, I've been the. I, th- I would say yeah, it's, it was a huge competition for who's going to be yeah. the nearly near friggin' insider here. You know, I think Sat Satyar Shah, friend of the show and co- our colleague at Sportsnet, I think Satyar Shah is the only, and Dan Riccio as well, another colleague at Sportsnet. Uh, maybe Sportsnet just scoops up all the guys that like nearly Neil because those are the only other two guys that I know of in the media that appreciate nearly Neil the way I do. Yeah, you know, I'm an abracadabra guy. I'm not a I'm not a big nearly Neil fan. I don't so, DC the I'm, ACDC cover band from Nelson BC. I don't hate that one either. But I'll tell you, uh, first of all. Okay, I don't know if this is like a weird. Do people like nearly Neil because he sucks? Because he sucks. Nearly Neil does not suck. Oh my gosh! No. You can't even do Sweet Caroline. He crushed Sweet Caroline no, last night. No, he did not. You were that not at the game. Effort. You weren't at the game. I they showed. I saw video. They of didn't it. play it on the broadcast. I saw people tweeting Although videos they of it. Should. Yeah. No, he crushed Sweet Caroline last night. I don't think he. I don't think he knows the cadence to no, Sweet Caroline. He he crushed Sweet Caroline. I also hate Sweet Caroline as this like the song in general. No, I I hated it before too. But as a. Uh, not friend of the show, just friend of mine, Stephen Van Vu, who uh, I know I'm probably butchering his last name, controls all the uh, in-game entertainment mm-hmm. at Canucks games. Uh, he was, I can't give my source for who, who tells me that Nearly Neil's performing, but he he did tell me that, uh, you know, Sweet Caroline has played at 73% of all sporting events in the world, including cricket. So it's not just a Boston song, which is for some reason what I think that's says. why I don't like this song. It's It's over, it's way too overused. Oh, whatever. I just don't like, I don't know. It's something about that song. Then you get, you go to karaoke. I guess you, I don't know. Can just karaoke open yet? Probably not. But back in the day, there'd always be the one person that goes up and does Sweet Caroline on karaoke. And it's just like, uh, here we go again. Okay. So you have preconceived prejudice and that's why you don't like Nearly Neil. So you could just say that. Well, and that's, and Nearly Neil does a horrible job. No, too. he doesn't. Yeah, nearly he does. Neil crushes it. Nearly Neil, I'm I'm not even doing a bit right now. Nearly Neil performed really well last night. Oh my goodness! He did. He crushed it. Not the videos I saw. No, he was good. He was hitting all the high notes. Like were you hearing all those high notes? Were you taking a freaking piss in the okay? Listen, media room. No, listen. I had to pee, and as I was walking into the bathroom, Stephen saw me and said, "Hey, Nearly Neil's coming." Because I got roasted by Farhan Lalji. Farhan's like, what the hell, Quads? You said Nearly Neil was yeah. performing. I said, he is. Just give it some time. Give it some time. In the first intermission, this was. And I went to the bathroom, and I said to Stephen, I'm like, hey, Nearly Neil's coming, right? He's like, yeah, he's about to start. You're going to miss it. I was like, I got to pee. So I went. I went pee. But you can still hear it from the press box bathroom. 
you know, you you know how it is. You probably can still sounds hear better everything. in there, yeah. No, whatever. Anyways, so I didn't miss him singing Sweet Caroline. I came out, and then it was in the third period that he performed Sweet Caroline. So I did not miss that. I was I was there watching that. I was uh, dancing in the press box. Uh, Kevin Woodley did not like it. I was mm. sitting next to him, and Patrick Johnson was on my other side. I don't think either of them appreciated it. And I got. I'll tell you what. I went out last night after the game. Man, my uh, our media colleagues don't like being reminded how young we are. Yeah. Because I, I told them, I was like, I'm going out. And they're like, what? It's like 1130. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going out. Jeez, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's too much for me even, too. All right. Oh, boy. Can we get off? You hit the goal. This is what happens every time you hit the goalie <laughs> intro. Hey, you I, know what? I somehow like completely turn right and we when we don't talk goalies. So do your little... <laughs> Talk Spencer Martin because he. Yes, I'll tell you what. Spencer Martin looked pretty good last night. Yeah, now, solid. He looked solid. Yeah, he did. And you know what, folks? I I don't want to toot my own horn. I know I was critical of the Canucks' decision to have Spencer Martin down in Utica, or jeez, haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Down in Abbotsford, and you know, presumably taking starts away from Mike DiPietro and Archer Silovs. That hasn't been the case since we've had that discussion. You need that little run, which kind of put the alarm bells on. So I said something about it. But in total, DiPietro's played 13 games, Seelovs has played 9, Martin's played 7. In my opinion, Chris, that's exactly what you want. Because listen, Martin has found success working with Curtis Sanford and Ian Clark. And remember, folks, I've talked about this a lot, about how every goaltender I've talked to in the Canucks organization says Curtis Sanford is just an extension of Ian Clark. And they say the same things, they they preach the same things, uh, and it's easy to work between the two. So... Curtis Sanford doing a lot of really good work with Spencer Martin in Abbotsford. And it's not as simple as, and I'm actually going to have a story on this hopefully soon uh, on Canucks Army because I'm going to chat with Curtis Sanford uh, just about kind of uh, how how you work with a veteran goaltender. I also asked Spencer Martin about it last night. I've got a little clip uh, that we will pull up. But I, I, I was looking at kind of how it all works and what you need to do when you have a goaltender who's, you know, 26, so he's not young, he's not a veteran. Goaltender who's 26 coming in isn't going to want to change his game usually, right? So you have to kind of keep that in mind when you try to introduce the three-stance system, when you try to introduce the post-integration, when you try to introduce the way that Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford like their goaltenders to move. Again, the big one being when the puck is at the top of the crease, or top of the top of the zone, rather, um, you can really see Spencer Martin buying into that shuffle. Uh, I call it the Ian Clark shuffle. I know other goaltenders do it too, but goaltenders who come, and Chris, I've shown this to you before. We watched Braden Holtby try to learn it. Um, goaltenders who come into the Canucks system are expected to learn this three-stance system, and they're expected to learn this shuffling when the puck is being cycled up high. And Spencer Martin at training camp wasn't doing it super well, had just been introduced to it. So, you know, I don't want to say that fueled any criticisms I had of him, but I didn't like the way he moved. Spencer Martin doesn't look like a completely new goaltender. He looks like a very refined goaltender. He looks like a goaltender who's bought into what Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford are selling. And folks, that has a pretty good track record. That has a pretty good track record of meaning a goaltender is going to find success that he has not found before. And I believe, again, I know it was only one game and everybody's riding high. I believe it's safe to say that that was the case for Spencer Martin last night. Spencer Martin has never had a game that good in his NHL career. League-leading Florida Panthers only lets in one goal in regulation, and then obviously the shootout coin flip could have gone either way. 
yeah, with with Martin and the interesting thing that I found was like still seeing the things that like Demco does so well and the things that Mikey actually does pretty well too is like getting really tight to the post really fast. It looked like that was like a sloppier part of Martin's game of just like it looked like there was a lot of open space when he was getting to the post, but you're I think the thing that I did notice that that you're right, you see with a lot of Ian Clark always is yeah, it's just like those little those little choppy footsteps that they take when the pucks moving around like from left to right and you could see that in martin's game definitely like you could see it in practice when we watched the morning skate that yeah. day that, that that was something different and, and that's something that i can see them working on that out in abbotsford so you mentioned like you're going to talk to curtis sanford it, it is something that's being worked on in abbotsford a lot and even like in the morning the, the friday morning skate that you and i were both at you could just see Mikey like down in the corner working by himself. Just literally, that's like all. I don't know what it is, but the goaltenders in the Vancouver Canucks organization, when they're not like working with anybody shooting on them, they're literally just standing at the other net, just like doing those quick little shuffles. Every single goaltender yeah. in the Canucks organization does this at practice when they're not having like shots taken at them. Because it's a really efficient way to move, and it's a really good way to still be seeing the traffic, seeing through the. You know traffic what it is to me? It's like when you're at work. And, and you're trying to look like you're doing something and working hard. That's like what <laughs> Vancouver Canucks goaltenders do. Is like, it's like, oh, I could just stand here and drink water. Oh, you know what? I'll do that quick little foot, little shuffle thing. That, the, what do you call it? The Ian Clark shuffle? I you, call it the Ian Clark shuffle. I'm sure they don't like, call it that. It's what it's like, like looking busy at work pretty much. No, it, it's actually pretty exhausting to do that. Because think about it. You're activating your hips, right? Because if you're on skates, you're activating your hips. You have to open up your feet and close them real quick, right? Okay. And you're shuffling like that. It's not easy. And, you know, Thatcher Demko makes it look really easy. But again, like, and, and you even mentioned this, which I'm really, really proud of you. It means I've had an effect on you. You pointed out a little bit there that Spencer Martin's lateral movement and, you know, ability to integrate to the post isn't obviously as quick as Thatcher Demko oh, who's man. been coached for a while. And yeah, let me say something on this. When you see Thatcher Demko, like, attached to a post, it's so much better than, like, so many goaltenders. And I think you could really see that with Martin yesterday because, like, he would take an extra half second to find the post, yeah. get himself in a position. And then even when he locked into the post, he still like had open spaces over his shoulder. It looked like it just, man, like I think that's something you take for granted with Demko, how good he is at just like yeah. getting himself stuck on a post and taking all the space away for a shooter in that position. So Demko's really improved on his crease navigation. Mike has always had really good crease navigation. So Ian Clark implementing this post integration stuff to him has really made Mike really good at it. Um, but when you ask Demko about it, like I try to get technical quotes. Goldies don't usually like to talk about technical stuff uh, in in like scrums and stuff. And unfortunately, we're not allowed in locker rooms right now, so it's hard to get anything organic. But basically, like when Thatcher's asked about, oh, like how how do you always know where the post is? He's like, uh, the net's never moved since I've started playing hockey. And it's like, yeah, like that's a really good way of putting it. But you know, obviously, that's a very, very, uh, very dumbed down version of how good he is at uh, crease navigation and, you know, getting to that post and sealing it off immediately. And then not only that, but like moving right away, right? And moving out if he needs to. And, you know, one thing I noticed with Spencer Martin, and you'll notice this with Demko most of all, because Demko does it better than anybody, uh, perhaps in the league, in my opinion, is when a shot comes, he's not panicked. He's sealing off and he swallows up the puck like i'm talking about his hands are at his side and he takes it in the chest and he doesn't move his hands he doesn't scramble at all it doesn't bounce off him he just stops it and absorbs the puck and it doesn't go anywhere spencer martin had a save last night 
I believe there was about four minutes left where Myers had had a turnover in the in the defensive zone. Uh, there, there was chaos going on in the zone, and it was really seeming like Florida was about to break it open and take a two one lead late in the third, and you know really squash the Spencer Martin storybook start that it was. And doing his best impression of Thatcher Demko, Martin get sees the puck come up from behind the goal line quickly quickly pops into position and just swallows up a, a good shot from the slot. Like almost a one-timer, not actually a one-timer, but just swallows up the puck. And again, I don't want to, I didn't want to make the comparison to Thatcher Demko when I was writing the post game. Cause you know, people would not understand it, but that's the kind of save that Thatcher Demko makes so often to stop this team from imploding, right? Yeah. Like, Pressure in their own end, can't get the puck out, can't do anything. The only way they're getting a whistle or getting out of this is if their goaltender makes a big save and controls the puck. And usually, folks, when you've got an inexperienced goaltender, you're worried about that rebound control. Spencer Martin's rebound control is pretty, pretty good for a guy who's only played in the AHL for the most of his career. But there were moments last night where you could see, like, uh-oh, he should have had that. He should have corralled that. That's not good. Mm-hmm. There were a few moments like that. But again, that was one save in particular where I was like, wow, this is a goaltender who's completely bought into the system. And I think to, to kind of transition away from Martin, I don't know. You'll probably talk about him more, but I still have the clip from him. Yeah, we'll get to that in a sec. I just thought that the Canucks did a really good job at five on five of like limiting where the shots yes. are coming from. You look at the heat map from yesterday's game at five on five really not a lot of shots from in tight it's it's been rare all season long to see the vancouver canucks have a better heat map than the other team they've played against and the heat map is for people who don't know just kind of where most of the shots were coming from and lots of them from outside so a really good job by the vancouver canucks of getting in tight covering up the close areas and then those rebounds that you talked about from spencer martin canucks were pretty quick to get their sticks on and not allow rebound opportunities the only one that really kind of hurt them was the one that that highmore shot blocked i guess knocked out of the air and then lands on the stick goes in the back of the net score uh the only goal that was scored on spencer martin um in in regulation play anyways minus the shootout but i thought that they just the canucks team in general did a good job of protecting their goaltender in a situation where it was going to be a tough spot to put spencer martin specifically against that team they're playing in florida who yeah i get it they played the night before but the night before, they put up six on the Oilers, uh, you know, a team that a lot of people thought was going to be competitive for a playoff spot. Maybe they still do think that. But I I was also like looking at the Canucks top line. I didn't think that they had like an excellent game on like. So I felt that that the line like the Besser Pedersen Huglander line. I feel like they did an OK job of like keeping the puck out of their own zone. But at the same time, I felt their actual play once where they were in their own defensive zone wasn't great. And that was a line that I think you had to depend on a lot in the night, like last night where you're missing not only the goaltenders, as we've talked about the whole episode here pretty much, but also JT Miller, Connor Garland, Bo Horvat, like you're missing a lot of these top players was really hoping that that line was going to be able to step up. And I didn't really think that they did that well. No, I don't think they did that fourth line though. Holy smokes. Does Bruce Boudreaux like that fourth line and I'll be on and man, Give him credit. I know he scored the goal off of his back with his jersey or whatever it was, but that line, uh, Pearson Dickinson chase on, I thought they were, they played pretty well. They did. They did the control spot some they were put some in. time. Yeah. And they actually had scoring chances. I thought at five yeah. on five and 
not great defensively and like you know chase on still like every time he gets the puck in the boards he just like rings it around the boards and it goes out and nobody's there so it ends up flying back into their own zone he how did about, pretty well last night back to spencer martin though how about spencer martin likes to play the puck eh? that holy was like, smokes i don't think he does that okay. in abbotsford as much and i think he was a little nervous and was like anytime there was like a, a, a should i go should i not he just went okay because he doesn't do that in abbotsford okay so spencer martin not only was super vocal last night i don't know if you could hear it on the broadcast i heard they had issues on the broadcast Podcast. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, um, was, it was pretty weird at the first five minutes or so. Okay, because there was like no crowd noise or rink noise, and it was just like it was just like John ASM like ASMR. He was just like in your. That's all you could hear with like a very faint rink noise in the background. People and would pay good money for that. That's I've seen a reply to my tweet saying that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What I wanted to say though is you know when a goaltender's new to a system and he doesn't really know the system, which make no mistake about it, Spencer Martin doesn't. Going out to play the puck isn't something most goaltenders do. No. But Martin was not only doing that, but he was also super vocal, communicating to his defensemen, communicating to his teammates in general, just super vocal. And look, like... It's a good thing. It's a, it's absolutely a good thing. It's it's almost a must. It's almost a must that a goaltender does that. But to see Spencer Martin doing that when you know he's not super comfortable and he's obviously nervous and has some jitters because, you know, he's playing his first game in the big, NHL. And, big spot, man. And the other thing that people don't really realize, guys, is like this not only was a big ask from the organization to Spencer Martin, but he probably won't admit it. Well, maybe I think in the post game he said he, you always have some of those thoughts, but this very well could have been Spencer Martin's last kick at the can. Like what we're watching right now, because presume assuming Spencer Martin's going to start Sunday against St. Louis, what we're watching right now is perhaps Spencer Martin's last shot at the NHL. And Spencer Martin did say post game he said he feels super blessed to even get a start in the NHL because it's extremely hard to get to that point, and he's right. It is not easy to get starts at the NHL level. Also, the NHL record has been broken for uh, most goaltenders used in a season. Hmm. I don't know if Martin was the one that broke it. It was close, like four Yeah, because the Canucks ago. were one of the only... Only teams like, to only use two, yeah. Yeah, to only have two goalies. I'll tell you what, just uh, like as a person, Spencer Martin is like a great person. To I, deal I really with. like Spencer Everybody Martin. Everybody really likes to deal with, with Spencer Martin. Comes from a good family as well, Yeah, from what I hear. We've got the clip. Uh, we're going to play the clip of uh, my question to Spencer Martin post game last night just about uh, learning from Curtis Sanford and Ian Clark. And I'll have a full story on it on uh, Canucks Army sometime soon. We have one more hand raised right now. That's David Quadrelli, Nation Network. Spencer, you look like a goaltender who's bought into what Curtis Sanford and Ian Clark are selling. When you came here, did you kind of know what they kind of expected of their goaltenders? And how, how easy or difficult was it for you to kind of integrate those changes into your game? Uh, I knew that they, you know, uh, they had a really good track record uh, with goalies in the past. Uh, so I knew that I, I wanted to buy in. It took some time to uh, fully commit to technically. And uh, just I feel extremely bought in now. And uh, I feel like uh, we're just going to keep building on it, though. So, yeah, that was Spencer Martin answering my question about uh, about working with Ian Clark and Curtis Sanford. And like I said, I'm going to talk to Curtis Sanford, maybe Ian. I don't know. Ian's a busy guy. I don't know if I'll uh, be able to talk to him. I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people, even my brother texted me during the game when he was watching and he said like, oh, Ian Clark's a wizard. And I was like, no, like that's, it's all Curtis Sanford. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying Ian Clark has nothing to do with this, but 
give some credit to Curtis Sanford because he's he's the guy actually implementing these changes. It's great to show people a picture book and say, hey, this is uh, what you have to change in your game. But if you throw too much information at a goalie, especially one who's 26, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to actually make those changes. It needs to. It's a lot more complicated than people think. You don't just instantly get that buy-in. You have to earn that respect from your goaltenders. And Curtis Sanford's done an exceptional job of it. So he deserves a ton of credit for uh, the changes we've seen from Spencer Martin so far this season. Yeah, and everything you hear from the goaltenders out there, they love not only like the way. And that's the interesting thing that's different. I think talking, I've talked to Mikey DiPietro about this a lot. I ask him pretty much every time about Ian Clark and Sanford that have a media availability with him. And one thing that he always brings up about Sanford that's different from Clark is that like he likes talking to Sanford about off ice things as well because Sanford's a guy who's gone through it as an NHL goaltender, right? So like it's not only just the goaltending that's being thrown down by Sanford, but I think the good part about having a guy like Curtis Sanford as your AHL goaltending coach is he's really going to be able to help with obviously the technical and mechanics and everything you need to do to be a good goaltender because he's learning that from Ian Clark, but he's learned himself how to be a professional goalie. And I think that is something that's, that's really good for Archer Seelovs and Mikey DiPietro. And I guess to a certain degree, Spencer Martin as well, though I think Spencer Martin's learning more about the actual, the mechanics of what Ian Clark wants a goaltender to do. I I think that he already kind of knows what it's like to be a pro, but um, I, I it's Sanford's a really valuable piece out there. Now it's right. I think Abbotsford, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about the coaching staff not being great out there and then making a lot of mistakes in the HL level. I think that there's two pieces of development out there in Abbotsford that are really good. The first one is Mackenzie Braid, the skating coach. I think he is like a up and coming one of the top skating coaches as he's learning from a great family of skating coaches, obviously. Um, and then as well, Curtis Sanford. I think those are two spots where their development in the AHL is actually doing well. I think that's, you know, how how the rest of it's happening out in the AHL. There's definitely some criticism that needs to be handed out towards how the coaching and and basically just deployment of certain players has been. Um, but I think there are some things out there in Abbotsford that should be praised. And, and two of them are the goaltending coach and the skating coach out there. I need to ask you if Spencer Martin turns in another good game on Sunday, Thatcher Demko exits protocol on Tuesday. Do you start Demko? He's exiting protocol. So he will have a morning skate but he hasn't skated for five days and then you're going to put him in a start. I don't know, man. This is Ian Clark. I feel like Bruce Boudreaux here with the way that we asked him this question (laughs) is like, I don't know. I'd ask Ian Clark. Ian Clark's going to know better than, than anyone. That's fair. My, I I guess the follow up to that obviously is if Spencer Martin turns in another good game on Sunday and maybe even Tuesday, Oh my goodness. Can you flip him for a third or a fourth round pick to the Edmonton Oilers? Man, I don't know. They've got nothing. the The other thing is like, Stuart Skinner, the goaltender who is like, he's getting a run with the Oilers right now. Yeah, he's not doing too well. So he, he was like excellent in the AHL when that Canucks team was horrible and Bakersfield was in town a couple weeks ago. Skinner started like three games in four nights and he was like excellent. So I don't know. I think it's a little different. You're telling me the Oilers are rushing a prospect because they constructed their NHL roster poorly. Is that what you're telling me? Sure. Because that's not a new story, Chris. And hopefully they've learned from their mistakes and go out and get Spencer Martin for a second round pick. Yeah, maybe maybe he'll go to the yeah. I don't know. I'm maybe joking, folks. It's not a second. Talk but to uh, maybe a third or fourth. Talk to an old friend of ours, friend of the show, Jonah Gadjevich, last night mm. too. 
whose uh, brother-in-law is Spencer Martin. And he was, I just asked him if he was watching the game. He said, yeah, we're watching it. He was loving it. He was cheering for the Canucks last night. He was saying it was awesome to watch Spencer Martin. I saw his, uh, saw Spencer Martin's sister was retweeting pretty much everything I tweeted about Spencer Martin last night. Um, So yeah, it was good to hear uh, from Jonah Gadjevich. I think just one of the best people to deal with Jonah Gadjevich. And somebody was replying in the replies uh, on my tweets saying maybe text him uh, to come back when he's a free agent next year. So yeah. we'll see. Jeez. All right. We'll go to break. Uh, we got a couple prospects things on the other side. Exciting things. Yeah. Exciting things. So uh, yeah, keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks conversation. And before we go any further into the episode, want to give a shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 Beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now we want to give a quick shout out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Paint Can. Something good about those cans there at Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores across BC and Alberta. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Folks, if you'd like to advertise with us, shoot us a DM. Canucks Convo account, uh, my account if you're not blocked, Chris Faber 39 uh, as well, because Chris doesn't block anybody except for Skip Bayless. Yeah, which I'm thinking might unblock because I don't see as much Skip Bayless anymore, but he is the only guy I have. I think that's because you have him blocked. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll keep it. Um, before before prospects, sorry. Okay, I just want to wrap up this conversation. Uh, I know you weren't at the game. Uh, I was. <laughs> I'm just expecting it. Nearly Neil was way better than he was on the broadcast. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's true. Yeah, okay. But not what I was going to say. What I was going to say was hearing a Bruce There It Is chant for the first time in over a month. I wrote in the post game. It was enough to make a grown man cry. Damn. It was almost enough to even make me cry. Like it was, it was a bit emotional hearing the Bruce. There it is, chant. And not only that, but and, and it sounded like a Bronx cheer, but obviously it wasn't. And you know what a Bronx cheer is, right? It's when uh, the sarcastic cheer when a goalie like makes a save after okay. being scored on early on, been lit up. Uh, and obviously, it comes from baseball, but. It sounded like a Bronx cheer because Spencer Martin made like a very easy kick save to start the game and the fans just erupted like it was so loud. People wanted Spencer Martin to succeed so bad. Exactly. And it was the first game back. Exactly. It it all had all the recipe, all the pieces of a recipe for it to be like a A storybook ending. Yeah, exactly. It was so close. It still was. It still was pretty good. Barkov over here with the one handed. Oh, cheeky little flip goal for the win. Such a good goal, too. Oh, it was beautiful. And Smith yeah. even said post-game, he's like, yeah, like, <laughs> he almost said, they don't do that in the AHL. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to go back and watch the tape on that one because that was a different goal uh, for sure. And, you know, even, you know, <laughs> the one-handed tuck attempt at the start, mm-hmm. they're totally, totally thinking in their heads, like, okay, this guy's going to be sliding all over the place, you know, what is this guy seen in the AHL compared to what we've I think got? Even early on, there was a, a Barkov play where he just like goes through his leg, gets like a really hard oh shot gosh. off. Yeah, like through his legs, a hard shot. Spencer Martin's like, "Whoa, they don't do that in the AHL at all." There's probably a lot of things that he saw. But I mean, the other thing though too that you could say to that point is 
like I said earlier, the Canucks played really good defense in front of him. They yes. really covered up the net. Yes. You don't see that in the AHL at all either. No. So he benefited from that too. Especially with the Abbotsford Canucks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And also the last thing I wanted to say, that that overtime sequence with Yuho Lamico being stuck out for three oh minutes and 14 seconds. Are you kidding me? Like that was hilarious. Yeah. I, I could not believe it. Like they're changing lines. Of, it's Spencer Martin's head. What are you thinking? Because it's just, oh my gosh, they're changing lines. Like, no big deal. Aaron Ekblad, Jonathan Huberdeau, yeah. and uh, Alex Barkov are all in the ice They're at the same time. And like- I have Yuho Lamico and Matthew <laughs> Imore in front of me. And they've been out for three minutes and can't do anything when a puck gets loose because they're too tired. Also, <laughs> the last thing. You got OEL out there on the <laughs> overtime looking like he's at the end of his 40 drill at, from training camp. Oh, my gosh. These no poor speed. guys. Like. I was going to ask Boudreaux postgame, but I wasn't sure what kind of mood he'd be in because it was an overtime loss. But I was going to be like, Bruce, can you confirm that those three guys are still alive? Like, are they walking? Um, But the last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, Martin was literally taking breaks while Florida was cycling the puck in the at the top of the zone. I don't know if you can see it on the broadcast or if anybody noticed this, but... You know how we were just talking about, oh yeah, the three-stance system. You're still activated, but you're upright and you're shuffling your feet. Martin was just like chilling. He was just standing upright, oh, yeah. hands hands dropped to his side because he was trying to get some rest in while they were cycling the puck. Yeah, because they were cycling the puck in overtime, but they weren't doing anything. Exactly. Like, they were, was they like, were waiting. Everyone was like, oh, there must be like Lamico and OEL must be so tired. And was it Highmore was the other one out there? You're still tired if you're doing that, dude. Like, yeah, you're like, still very tired. For sure, but it's not like they were, like, really even, like, getting no, close dude. to a shot. No, but when you're... They, they're they still moving and putting their sticks in, yeah. in position, Yeah, no, I get right? it. I'm not saying they were they were fresh. Yeah, like, dude, that's tiring. Like, if you go if you go public skate, like, if you go do a tuning skate... it was dangerous is what I'm saying. They, they weren't, like, setting up dangerous plays. They were just, like, trying to, know, like, build them up for two minutes to then get a scoring chance. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but... You know, credit to those three guys that we just mentioned. Their defending was good. Like, yep. their in-zone defending was yeah. solid. Uh, and again, like, Boudreaux got criticized for putting those those guys even out in overtime. Got them to shoot out. Like, yeah, this, this was basically how it was going to be. You were either going to score when Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser were on the ice, or you were going to not get scored on when anybody else was on the ice. So who do you want out there? Pod Colson and Huglander. No, you don't. That's who I want. <laughs> you don't want those guys out there. If they're not going to score, they're going to get scored on. And I even said to Kevin Woodley. Oh, gosh. I said, like, holy smokes, they better not give up a two-on-one. Because if there's any weakness in Martin's game, it's lateral quickness. It's lateral movement. So if you give up a two-on-one to Uberdo and um, Alex Barkov, you're asking for trouble. So it was a good thing they didn't give up a two-on-one because... Yeah, that would have not been pretty, and I didn't want it to end that way. I did not want that game to end with Martin getting a goal scored on him in overtime. Yeah, and every, you know what? I think this was kind of the feel. Literally every single person had like the same thought about last night's game was that you get one point out of it. That that was a good showing for the Canucks. Everybody had the exact same tweet, just worded differently last night on Twitter. Just yeah. saying they were happy with the one point, and I think that's, that is the takeaway. We'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, you and I will be there with the pregame show. On uh, Sportsnet 650, check us out. What are we on? What game's at seven, right? Yeah. So we'll be on three to six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Come check us out there. Gonna have some blues. Uh, I gotta chat to my blues guy. I was uh, let's get into it last night a little bit as, as we get to the prospects here. Yeah. Go for go for chatting with my uh, my regular guy uh, who I used to chat with about Niels Huglander and uh, was chatting with him yesterday about Casper. 
couple guys and uh, been doing a lot of research into some uh, doing some scouting and have a new little um, what do you call it a series yeah series it's gonna be a long series where it's just gonna be like information dumps about draw players that are coming up in the draft really it's just been like a whole bunch of different groups of players that I've been looking at in the past and now trying to do a lot more video work so we'll have a bunch of, I'm, I'm excited to write these 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 are the articles that I love writing like I love just sitting down and watching video uh, it was funny I was joking the other day I was like I drank like a liter of coffee and then I like I did that to go like lay down in bed and watch like prospects on my phone. <laughs> like uh, looking back now that we have a, a good connection for watching prospects, uh, so I did that. Did a lot of a lot of games over the past couple of days here, which has been fun. I love that stuff. So um, some fun stuff coming out Canucks Army. But for prospect news, how about Dmitry Zodiev going back down to the junior in the MHL? Last two days he's played two games, and I think he's recovering from COVID as well. Mm. His last two games he's got six points. Uh, he's got two goals and four assists in his last two days of playing hockey, which is incredible. Good little uh, run for Z. Uh, and and final thing, this isn't really prospect related. I'm heading out to Abbotsford tonight for the game as uh, just a fan. Taking the girlfriend out to Abbotsford, we're going to go enjoy the game. 7 o'clock puck drop. Hell Get yeah. to see Archer Seelove's likely in net. I'm excited. I'm going to go watch. Uh, got really good seats out there in the Abbotsford Center. Second row. Going to enjoy the game uh, just, just out there. Maybe have a couple beers. Get uh, get the girlfriend to drive home. Maybe have more than a couple. Then actually, now I think we'll get her to drive. So I'm, I'm going to enjoy the game. I haven't uh, gone to a hockey game and had beers in a long time. So I'm excited uh, for tonight's Abbotsford game. That's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Relaxing. Uh, just enjoy the game. Not writing. Not doing clips. Not doing anything. Just going to go watch a hockey game. Probably have one of those hot dogs out there. Oh, yeah. Get to watch an Archer Sea Love start. Yep. Sea Love start. That's for sure. And see how the guys do. Excellent. All right. We'll close it out there. Anything else? Uh, nope, not much. Like I said, that uh, I think it's going to be fun this series. I'm going to start at Canucks Army. Got uh, the first two. Well, first one is done. Second one's almost done. So yeah, I'm going to get rolling on these. You know, I love writing these prospect articles. So we're be uh, fun to see. We're flying out to Nation Nation HQ. Yeah, we're that we're fight with the Oily Boys is actually happening. Yeah, the fight with the Oily Boys. Ready to go. We're st- yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We might even have to do a podcast in their studio. They got a really nice studio. Sure. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Going to Edmonton. First week of February. Yeah. It'll be fun. I hope it gets a little warm. The other day I looked, because after you told me we're going to Edmonton on a trip, I looked, and there was a low of 18 and a high of 12. No. It's a 30-degree difference from low to high. What the hell? I didn't look at that before I agreed to go to this place. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. So it's not, uh, I don't know, Edmonton's Edmonton. You know, I've never been into the city of Edmonton. I've been to the airport. Where mm-hmm. I saw the uh, they got a Wayne Gretzky's whiskey. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's got over there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Uh, but yeah, downtown Jay's gonna pick us up. Take us airport. downtown. We're gonna yeah, do it up fun. at the Nation Network area. See, I'm gonna meet some oily boys in person. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yep, you'll meet you'll meet the crew. You meet bagged milk. Yeah, you guys can talk milk. Arby's. We better go to Arby's. I hope there's a lot of Arby's in Edmonton. I think there is. I think that'll be the first time I try Arby's. We're we'll going go. with bagged. Mr. We'll, we'll take you. We'll do the we'll do the full menu thing. We'll we'll figure it out. Oh man, I'm so excited. All right, good stuff. I'm Patreon done. vlog. I think I think this calls for a Patreon vlog. Sure, we'll do a vlog. I'm doing yeah. a vlog from the airport. <laughs> All right. Oh man, that's gonna be fun. All right, for my co-host Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 